You're listening to Feel Notes from the Hindu Business Line with T.R. Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome again to another episode of Field Notes, the weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line on all things agribusiness. I'm your host TR Vivek. You can of course listen to Field Notes on our website www.businessline.in. The show is available on all the podcasting platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts and iTunes where you get your podcasts regularly. For feedback and comments, uh, or uh, if you would like uh, to hear about any particular issue, do write to me. My email is in the show's notes. Today, we will be talking about food processing, uh, in particular, the processing of uh, perishable fruits and vegetables. India's horticulture production in uh, 2021 is estimated to touch a record 327 million tons. It is the world's second largest producer of fruits and vegetables. Yet we are able to process uh, less than 2% of what we produce. The inability to process vegetables and increase their shelf life creates uh, price fluctuations for you, the consumer, and uh, terrible losses for the farmer. Uh, Remember all the frequent stories of farmers throwing away their onions and tomatoes when wholesale prices crash or the times when uh, the price of onions match petrol? Um, Can processing help uh, uh, us avoid such disasters? To discuss this, uh, we have with us Vaibhav Tidke. Vaibhav comes from a small hamlet in Maharashtra's Bead district. Uh, He has a PhD in solar technology from Mumbai University's Institute of Chemical Technology. And he runs uh, a very interesting startup called S4S Technologies. Uh, S4S is a food preservation firm. While at university, Vaibhav and his colleagues came up with, uh, you know, came up with processing and uh, hydrating machines using solar power. And they also hold patents for it. Esperel sells these machines to farmers and buys the dehydrated fruits and vegetables that have immense demand in the food industry. Hello and welcome, Vaibhav, to Field Notes. Thanks, Vivek. I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm very fine. Thank you. Vaibhav, tell us, historically, what has prevented India from processing a lot of its great produce. Why are we so pathetic at processing and increasing the shelf life of our fruits and vegetables? Interesting question, Vivek. And um, if you go back to the food preservation techniques, uh, food preservation as a technology is a well-known in Indian context. You start from pickles to papad uh, and other uh, products that we do and use at home. Somehow in the whole processing, when we moved from a traditional cooking to a mainstream or a modern cooking, uh, some of these traditions have been lost. So it it doesn't mean that we don't have a background of that. Uh, In the modern era, we look at food processing as a separate industry, which is more of an industrial setup. And one of the challenge when we looked at uh, during our college days, mapping the technologies available across the world, one of the challenges we see, main, main challenge was that food processing as a technology has been developed, as a science has been developed in the Western countries. And when we want to take that model back to a developing world like India, we see a couple of challenges. Number one, these technologies are not suitable or appropriate to the Indian settings. And number two is that the people, the stakeholders are not fully engaged into the whole process. What it means is that India's food processing today is limited to 2%, whereas uh, worldwide we have we're seeing countries who do processing between say 50 to 80%. And that creates a large value in the ecosystem of the entire agri and food. So that value is being lost. 
you say that uh, it was not suitable for India. When you say not suitable, is it because uh, of the kind of food that we eat, uh, our our culinary uh, habits and practices? Is that what you meant? Uh, not really. So see, uh, if we look at a food processing industry per se, it has a uh, three routes to reach out to consumers in the final product form. One is the food service industry where processed food is used as an ingredient to make final dishes for the customers. The second set of industry is basically food manufacturing units which use various food ingredients as a standardized product to manufacture various food products. Could food you give products, an example for, for each of the categories that you, that you talk about? Absolutely. So let's, let's run through a food processing example one by one. So let's say you are using a tomato puree for making a pizza. And that is being served by a leading pizza uh, manufacturing and delivering company in India. Let's take one example, right? So for tomato puree becomes a processed food ingredient, which is used for making uh, pizza, which is being served to the consumer. Uh, you take other example, you take an example of say uh, noodles, right? And in noodles, you take uh, uh, wheat or uh, oats and those uh, raw ingredients are converted to flour and finally converted to noodles. And those come to an end user in the form of a packaged food. So these are the two major industrial applications of uh, food processing. The third is the retail thing. And just to give other example, you have ginger garlic paste that comes to your home in a packaged form that you can use as an ingredient. So we see food processed food going into various segments, starting from food service industry as an ingredient, or maybe into the FMCG food product as a ready to eat, ready to cook product. Or maybe at your home in the ginger garlic paste form or tomato ketchup form. So these are the forms that uh, this industry is uh, in present in India. If you look at uh, how this industry is changing over a period of time, food service has cashed up. It's almost like 5 lakh crore market in India, almost like 80 billion dollar market. If you move to a segment of FMCG and uh, processed food, uh, that's also a large industry existing in India. And lastly, at, uh, at a domestic level also, we are seeing uh, increased consumption of processed food starting from uh, curd to cheese to tomato ketchup, just giving some examples. So in the entire agriculture ecosystem, if you look at agriculture, roughly $400 billion is a base which India produces in terms of raw agri-produce. And there is a value addition of almost $250 billion that occurs on top of this by food processing and a distribution. So that makes this ecosystem roughly between 600 to $700 billion uh, market size in India. And in the next five years, we expect it to touch to our almost a trillion dollar uh, put together. So it's a large industry. If you look at why this has not been so successful in India, number one, the consumer trends are changing. And that was not the case earlier. With the recent uh, progress in tech-enabled businesses and business model, we are seeing food service growing, FMCG growing, and also habits of cooking at home are changing. So these are some of the drivers for this industry, and we have really seen uh, double-digit growth in all of these segments uh, in India now. So that is driving the food processing. The last part which uh, uh, must be highlighted is the export market. Though Indian cooking habit is not very much inclined towards uh, using a processed food and we rely a lot on fresh food. There is a large processed food ingredient export market and India's share in that market is also negligible. It's a single digit lower side number. So that's a challenge uh, and opportunities we see in the whole food processing domain in India and globally. 
we'll come to the innovations of S4S in terms of keeping the freshness intact or uh, making foods refresh themselves after dehydration where uh, the quality is not lost. But um, before that, you know, just to finish uh, my first question on the uh, on the inhibitors for large scale processing, is, is it a very expensive business, food processing and, and packaging? Are capital costs a reason why we have been laggards in this area? Again, uh, answering these questions, I think we have to uh, go on the interface of uh, agriculture and food processing because without this, this, this story cannot be completed. So if you look at agriculture, it's a fragmented market. So let's, let's run through one food processing industry. So a farmer produces a tomato, uh, local level, there is a guy, uh, local aggregator who aggregates maybe from multiple farmers. And then he does a small load of say uh, 100 crates, 200 crates, takes to a nearby mandi. That guy sells this to a mandi. Part of the payment goes to farmer, part to the logistic, part to the losses and aggreg aggregators commission also. Then from that local mandi trader, it goes to a large mandi trader who aggregates on behalf of these traders, sent to a larger mandi, where again the grading sorting occurs and a part of a produce, which we call as a processing grade material, which doesn't go to end consumers as a tabletop material, goes to a food manufacturing factory. So already we see between three to four players till the material reaches to a food factory. Once it reaches to a food factory and he, that guy converts it to, uh, say, tomato puree, again, that guy has to sell this uh, product to the food uh, manufacturing unit or retail. And there are two to three middlemen, a distributor, retailer, and commission agent across the system. So if you look at tomato that is produced by farmer and a tomato puree that is reaching out to a consumer, let it be a retail consumer or let it be institutional buyer, we see between five to eight middlemen in the system minimum. So that's like a large chain, which makes the food processing business margins a thin margin in the whole process because everyone is earning. Second challenge is, is with respect to logistic and middleman uh, cost because there are multiple logistic points, uh, multiple touch points and multiple middlemen. It loses margins across values. Logistic costs are prohibitively high. We are seeing between 5 to 15% logistic costs. Post-harvest loss uh, because of the uh, middleman varies from 5% to 40% product by product. So these are mm -hmm. the three larger supply chain issues. Multiple middlemen, loss of a margin and loss of value due to logistic and food losses is a critical thing where the entire value of a food processing is being lost on one side. On the other hand side, most of the food processing units those uh, India has uh, and in fact through worldwide is uh, those are developed as a large food processing unit and suitable for managing a particular processing line or particular products. And agriculture is inherently seasonal. Can you give an example? You say that you know, it is built for a particular line. So let's run through an example of uh, say tomato puree. So a tomato, processed tomato, this year a season has started somewhere between January, February and it has finished somewhere in May. So the tomato puree line that generally uses this does tomato as a major product and they can use this plant on an average for 130 days a year on an industrial level. I'm not specifically talking about tomato example, say 130 days is a typical uh, usage of a plant. What it means is that traditionally, if you look at a, uh, any manufacturing industry, we consider standard 330 days as the operating days and all your overheads, EMIs are distributed over 330 days. Now we are talking suddenly around 130 days. And that puts the whole equation that all the operating cost, overheads, EMIs, capital costs are 2.5x more for a seasonal-based food industry. 
and that creates a challenge so on one side we have a supply chain issue on other hand uh, side we have a less utilization of capacity and that creates this entire business not so attractive in terms of uh, both margins and uh, payback on the capital and that limits uh, the whole expansion of this uh, business as a strong profitable business why would tell us about your product you said that you know it it, it has patents as well uh, tell us what does it do and what are the applications and how does it some of the challenges that we uh, i highlighted which are on the agri food side are the challenges that we at esforest technologies try to solve and at esforest what we have done is not only a technological innovation but a business model innovation to solve supply chain and technical issues so at esforest we are basically a food processing company uh, we work as an ecosystem and hardware player in the system our supply chain works like this we have a farmer uh, who produces fruits vegetables and other agri produce at villages then we have a second layer which is the procurement and processing in the villages we have created procurement centers and processing units which procure material from farmers make a payment to farmer and does the processing at village gate once the processing is done esforest picks this material brings to a central factory to do a quality check and then sells to our 800 institutional clients so that's our supply chain work farmer processing unit at a village level and then final quality check dispatched to a customer so the entire middle layer between farmer and end consumer is taken care by esforest this entire supply chain uh, basically solves two issues number one as i said there is no logistic there is no middleman and there are no post harvest losses that's one issue that we solve second the technological patented platform that we have created is a food processing platform where one of the key equipment that esforest has patented is a solar powered dehydrator so this is a multi product managing hardware we can do uh, fruits and vegetable processing we can do spice processing meat processing milk processing uh, grains and staples processing so some of the products that we have through this platform are say dehydrated onion powder or we do turmeric powder or maybe tomato flakes or maybe corn starch or maybe alternate protein extraction so range of products can be made from the same platform this increases the hardware usage from 130 days to potentially to 50 to 330 days uh, which is a gold industry standard so that's the journey that uh, we are into and uh, in the whole process then we focus on three people number one farmer who gets who gets basically market at a village level he doesn't have to travel anywhere there is no logistic cost because it's the same village and thirdly there are no post harvest losses because he can uh, supply immediately if you look at people food processing who buy from farmer number one and they do processing these are typically women in their 30s plus and uh, they do this as a additional work apart from their home and farming activities and this creates additional revenue of around 60000 to 1 lakh rupee per year to them uh, at home uh, mm-hmm. and lastly uh, our customers who get reliable supply quality supply and uh, chemical preservative free food ingredients for their food industry so that's how we are trying to simplify this entire supply chain and we are working currently in maharashtra odisha tamil nadu and up so how do these women entrepreneurs go about it how expensive or how big is is your hardware uh, how do they get access to it and how do you enroll them into your chain yeah so uh, again running through uh, the supply chain uh, first part is the farmer who uh, supplies material to our women entrepreneurs this process occurs at a village level and farmer gets uh, his money within 24 hours for the material that he supplies yeah so second part is a women entrepreneur where we basically train them for procurement and processing one woman is expert in the procurement domain she understand quality and pricing of a procurement 
second set of women are uh, expert in the processing they buy the hardware from the bank this hardware typically cost around uh, 60000 to 80000 rupee as a bank loan uh, on the women entrepreneur thing and then they do a regular processing as far as comes as a buying partner here uh, and whatever the material that is procured and processed as far as buys on a weekly basis so that's how this entire supply chain works how large is the equipment do you need a factory size a cottage industry size operation what are the space and resource requirements uh, to run these uh, dehydration plants so this um, food dehydration or food manufacturing units that we have uh, these units typically have 100 feet square area requirement per woman so this can be done at a household level it doesn't need a industrial setup what you need is basically cleanliness standards and a uh, space that is well covered protected from the insect and other things this can done can be done at a household level um in terms of the operations this is typically easy operation uh, women entrepreneurs generally know how to manage food products how to clean wash and process a uh, typical our training days uh, start between 3 to 7 days product by product so once we onboard a woman uh within 3 to 7 days our entire village starts off and what are the kinds of uh, fruits and vegetables that can be processed through your hardware currently we are doing uh, some of the uh, uh, fnv and uh, staples uh, in fruits and vegetables we are doing onion tomato potato ginger and garlic this is one set of a product uh, in staples uh, what we are doing is uh, starches uh, extracted from maize and potato we are also uh, doing a run on alternative protein market in soybean and pea protein uh, which is a new uh, generation of protein and thirdly we are doing the breakfast cereals uh, which are used as the ingredient in your breakfast uh, cereals that we have with milk or uh, in a hot or cold form so these are the categories that we are doing and we have bifurcated these categories into uh, two parts one is the seasonal products and non seasonal products because staples are available widely throughout the year versus uh, vegetables and fruits go through seasonality so that balancing we have done uh, in terms of usability of a plant the other uh, benefit of this hardware is it is multi product so you can do onion also and you can make conflicts also out of the same machine so uh, that's the beauty and that's what we are leveraging okay and you use uh, solar power technology for this yeah so uh, in terms of a technology there are some of the key feature that differentiate asparagus and asparagus products in the market number one it is extremely energy efficient uh, technology it consumes 94 times lesser energy than any other uh, food dehydrator in the market so it it cost only 6% in terms of the energy cost uh, it's it's powered by solar secondly uh, with respect to the food processing technology that we have created we maintain one of the highest nutrients in the world and that retention is between 85 to 99% nutrient retention in terms of protein vitamins fibers and minerals and that makes our products as good as fresh product when you want to use it so on one side we have energy on other side we have nutrition retention and that too without any uh, chemicals or preservatives being added to the product and lastly it's a multi product platform so that uh, if one product is not available we can switch to the other product okay when you say as good as uh, you know uh, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables uh, are these dehydrated products used say as uh, in the form of onion powder dried chilies or sun dried tomatoes or are they uh, rehydratable you know so that they get back their freshness and can be used as almost substitutes for fresh ingredients so both applications are there uh, on the first application Uh, it is used as a food ingredient so if you take a potato chips for example which has a cream and onion flavor 
onion powder is used as a dusting or a seasoning on the product just one example uh, on the other hand side you look at maybe a large kitchen that is serving to a flights or railways uh, you would have eaten asparagus product where our products are used instead of using fresh onion or fresh garlic or tomato asparagus products are being used to make the uh, vegetables that we eat so both the applications are there first application is very well standard in industry second application is uh, asparagus has clearly demonstrated in multiple segments as of now so both applications are possible okay okay and uh, why about tell us about you know you touched upon the fact that these women entrepreneurs are able to make about 60 60000 rupees to a lakh uh, in additional income per year um by creating value additions at the farm level or, or in the rural areas very close to the farm gate uh, is a great way of uh, creating value uh, in those communities how are farmers being benefited uh, by having these processing centers very close to their farming operations uh, couple of points again uh number one we differentiate the value uh, beneficiary into two parts farmer and uh, women entrepreneur for farmers we offer three things uh they have a reliable market uh, at the village level they are not dependent save on a logistic cost which is a direct saving to them and thirdly uh, there are no post harvest losses and that helps us to sell more and does also help them tide over uh, these wild price fluctuations say you know uh, uh, dumping of tomatoes and prices crash or onions you know we hear about these stories quite often does it help them tide over these issues where they have an assured buyers market definitely so see assured buyers market at a village level is a key parameter where we have seen farmers saying that sir price kuch bhi milega chalega maal le lo right hmm. so that's the point we are we have seen and it doesn't mean that uh, any company can pay pay more prices to farmers because it's not viable sustainably but what hmm. uh, it makes a difference a uh, assured market is that farmer is assured that if he does a uh, growing and harvesting there are buyers in the market price fluctuations across india is a national uh, uh, concern and how we can tackle definitely food processing is one but one asparagus is not sufficient enough to manage the large volumes of 300 million plus tons that we are talking about right so it will make some difference but one player is definitely not good enough we are seeing each district can create a revenue of 200 to 300 billion dollar through the food processing question is that how that can be converted into a scalable model and we may see multiple startups coming out at regional levels uh, in this domain uh what is the capacity of uh, vegetables that uh, uh, one woman entrepreneur can handle uh, with your hardware typically at one village level of procurement and processing roughly of one crore uh, happens at a village gate uh, so per village you can consider around a crore rupee procurement and processing Mm-hmm. and in terms of uh, procurement capacity how much can they do in a month what is the volume of vegetables and fruits they can handle see typically at a village gate level if you look at we can consider between 500 to 1000 tons a year and what is the cumulative volume that you do how many such uh, women entrepreneurs and units uh, uh, do you have in your network uh, currently in terms of asparagus capacity uh, we have installed capacity of 25000 tons a year and we work with around uh, 450 women entrepreneurs as of now okay weber how do you think something like this can be can be scaled up um, uh, can it can it 
can this become a uh, pan india application can this can it, does this uh, business model have the potential to be scaled up across the country uh, in terms of scaling of the food processing the model that sfrs has created our focus has been uh, on creating playbooks of replication for uh, onboarding uh, procurement and processing human entrepreneurs on one side and onboarding customers on other side both of these playbooks are ready and ready to replicate so if you look at as far as we plan to move from 25000 tons to scaling our capacity 4x in the period of next 18 to 24 months so that's the capacity scale that occur but we definitely see that uh, there are two possibilities in this market and as far as would like would like to ride on a first one where we have a large companies uh, like as far as who are scaling this across uh, states and across geographies and we may also see there are other routes that people take in food processing like we have seen in dairy which are slightly different routes and we may see a players also so this is a mix of ecosystem that we see but definitely we see this this is a large market and uh, there can be multiple unicorns that can be seen in this industrial segment so vaibhav thank you very much for joining us uh, and all the best for your future endeavors listeners until we meet next week goodbye and god bless thanks vivek